I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a podcast that explores the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. Every episode, we break down the latest news in the space and are joined by some of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. This is Crypto on the Beat. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, we'll look at some of the biggest headlines in the space, plus my interview with Don Diablo, the superstar DJ and digital artist behind some of the most unique NFT drops the world has ever seen. The most asked question is, how can I make money off this? I think it's like going to someone and saying, how can I make money off music? It's, you have to work hard. You have to create a unique sound. You have to have a story and you have to find people that believe in you and that are willing to collect your work because you've done it for the right reason. We'll get into all that and more in the full conversation coming up here in just a bit. But first, let's take a look at some headlines. Nominations have arrived for the upcoming MTV Video Music Awards, and several new categories have been revealed, including Best Metaverse Performance, Ariana Grande, BTS, Charlie XCX, Justin Bieber, Blackpink, and 21 Pilots are your nominees for various performances inside Roblox, Fortnite, and other virtual worlds. We'll see who takes home the first-ever Best Metaverse Performance Moonman on August 28th at the VMAs in Jersey. A new report finds that 75% of retailers plan to accept crypto as payment within the next two years. The study also found that 83% of those retailers expect consumer interest in digital currencies to rise over the next 18 months as well. The survey entitled Merchants Getting Ready for Crypto was conducted by Deloitte and PayPal with more than 2,000 top retail executives participating. And British rock band Muse has announced their upcoming new album will be released as a limited edition NFT. The digital pressing will provide full-length audio and unique artwork paired with special rewards, almost like a premium vinyl, but for the web. The album will be called Will of the People and is set to drop August 26th. Today's featured guest, the man who's been a superstar producer and DJ and dance music for a couple decades now, playing the biggest festivals around the world and collaborating with many big name artists. He's built a successful brand, Hexagon, which includes a record label, fashion label, comic book series, and so much more. And I would say he is one of the names to watch in the crypto space right now, as he seems very intent on disrupting the norms and pushing us towards the future with his one-of-a-kind NFTs, his personalized metaverse, and so much more. Very excited to welcome to the show, Don Diablo. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world right now. I mean, there's no question right now, the work that you're doing in the crypto space is literally changing the future. But before we get into details, which I'm excited to do, I, I just want to know, when did you first start hearing about crypto? And what excites you the most about the space right now? I first heard about it probably around 2014, 15-ish. Uh, obviously, all my friends were already in Bitcoin. Very happy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was more interested in buying plugins and stuff for my studio. I was saving up all my money at the time still because I think my international breakthrough, even though I'd already played for many, many years, I had a sort of a dip for a while. And I think my international breakthrough was about nine years ago. It really, again, really grabbed my interest in a big way around 2017. Decided to actually uh, start my own coin, Hexcoin. But then I wasn't 100% sure about the whole 
how everything was set up because I felt like I didn't have enough control. I didn't have an, enough of an overview. The only thing I kept hearing was I was going to make millions. That always <laughs> kind of scares me because <laughs> I'm in music, you know, like basically you're used to just getting ripped. So in that case, it's, it's just me getting ripped. That's fine. But when it comes to my fans or, or people that believe in me getting ripped, it gets very dark for me. So I was like, hey, I don't want anyone who trusts me, you know, to not have a great experience. So actually here I am. It's too, it feels, it feels a little bit too shaky for me right now. And I actually, I, I pulled out last minutes. That's actually, that it was every, it was everywhere at the time. It was already kind of just uh, published, uh, published everywhere, all the big uh, uh, outlets, but it just didn't feel right. Uh, for me, I do art, you know, I, I do things that are creative. When it becomes too financial, I just kind of zone out. And uh, for me, it's always been about the art, not so much about the money. And I think, you know, around end of 2019, I started keeping my eyes more on, on NFTs. And then the pandemic came. I felt like, hey, it's not time for a hibernation. It's time for transformation for me. So I love that. And it's interesting you bring that up about it's not so much about the, the valuation and the financials. It's it's about the art because it's a fascinating time, right? Because right now, many people see the price of Bitcoin that's come way down. The, the price of many popular NFT collections like the Bored Apes, for example, is way down. They assume that's it. Crypto's over. It's a fad, right? It, it just came and it went. Yet it, it seems like the energy in the space from those involved is really at an all-time high. So, I mean, just talk a little bit about if there's been a change in vibe with the valuations lowering or does none of that really matter? To me, it doesn't matter. No, I don't, I don't check. I mean, <laughs> people around me could have asked me like, oh, you seem a little bit more down today. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just lost a pretty substantial amount of money, one would say. But the thing is, I don't really see it as losing money. Um, it'll come back, you know, and, and if it doesn't, it, it doesn't. But there's so much happening around let's take nfts for instance it's to me it's really about everything that's behind it basically technically um, let's say the 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 use of a smart contract attached to a token in itself is revolutionary right so to me it will change the way we distribute things the way we treat artists and the way royalties can be divided in the future for instance for me it, there's much more than a financial use or i think there's that boom in the beginning you know oh these are the first nfts nft becomes a a hype word and to me it's like nft it doesn't matter you could say sell something through paypal or through <laughs> through whatever you know like it doesn't a lot of people are scared when i sometimes when i post something there's that that one percent of people like oh it's an nft i hate it i'm like an nft anything could be an nft right but it's because they don't know they don't they're not there yet right they're they're like three steps behind they read an article somewhere that nfts are destroying the environment <laughs> you know in a few years everybody will have an nft it won't it won't be it's at the moment, it's like a hype thing. This is the way, you know, it's it's kind of developed and it's it's great for me because I was there, you know, when the first NFT boom came and the sort of, sort of the first big NFTs arose and you kind of get that sort of OG status, uh, which is great. It's not like I created NFTs out of nowhere. This was already art that I worked on for many years. Uh, this was, I just found the perfect way to actually package it and put it all into, you know, to complete the whole story, I guess. I love the way you explain that because you, people don't understand that this is not overnight. You've been doing this for years and people who are in the space developing these things have been working on it for, in some cases, eight to 10 years. And at this point, like you say, your OG status, you're a leading voice in the space. Uh, I know you just played an event uh, at NFT New York uh, back in the spring. You're going to be a featured speaker at a, an event in Denver over the summer, just like for the newbies who are out there. And some, I think, probably listening to this uh, very show. 
What types of questions are people asking you? Because you are, you know, somebody who's well-established in the space, just the most common questions that people ask, because people do want to learn at this point. The most common question will always be, how do I make money off this? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, like, and try to explain it's, it's not, there's no life hack. There's no, there is in the beginning, maybe, you know, people overpay for things and people, they were like, how are people paying 500K for a picture of a monkey? <laughs> it's not, they're actually not paying for the picture of the monkey. They're paying for the, the legacy factor of the fact, you know, that that was a project that was ahead of its time. And, it, and you know, they did the marketing in the right way. And become, you know, it's like going to a museum and looking at a picture of, that's completely black with one dot in the middle. Um, it's, it's the story of the artist, you know, that, that brings it value. And I think the same goes for me when I started selling my first NFTs. It's, I was finally kind of able to, to bring the full story of myself rather than me just standing somewhere in a booth playing music. It was me actually conversating with people, uh, telling my story from age 13, showing some of the art that I did 15 years ago. Um, and, and you know, people actually had time and patience to listen to the full story and to see like, oh, he directs his own videos, he makes his own artwork. Uh, you know, he designs clothing and now he has these pieces that are all of that in one. They also include sound design slash music. Uh, all of a sudden it becomes a, you become a more multifaceted artist where the product that you create becomes, they view it all as one versus like, oh, here's a guy making music. They don't think about the fact that you're creating all of it and that it's not seen as one, one product, so to speak. Right. So uh, I think that's where the revolution is for me personally. Other than that, I think the real revolution is for the rest of the world is that people can sell art for two, three hundred bucks. Right. And uh, to me, that's the special thing. It's like you can sell 15 NFTs for two, three hundred dollars. And that can, you know, mean a sustainable way of living. And you can quit your job at McDonald's or at a job that makes you very unhappy. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not saying that working at McDonald's make you, makes you unhappy, by the way, but generally, whatever it is that makes you unhappy. And you can actually live off your art. You don't have to be like, I think we all read all these stories about all these crazy sales. I mean, you know, most of my sales have been seven figures and they are like publicized, but 99.9% of all the NFTs are sold for reasonable prices. Uh, and they're made by people who are just getting into the game. They don't have a story like myself, like I've been at it for 28 years since I was 13. So, um, you know, to me, it's, there's no life hack. The most asked question is how can I make money off this? I think it's like going to someone and saying, how can I make money off music? It's, you have to work hard. You have to create a unique sound. You have to have a story and you have to find people that believe in you and that, you know, uh, are willing to collect your work because you've done it for the right reasons. And I think it takes time. It takes effort. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and there isn't really a life hack. Not anymore, at least. Maybe in the beginning, but that phase has that phase is now passed. So you now actually have to really work hard and and you know figure out um, you know what makes you unique. Well put. And uh, I think one of the fascinating things about the space in general is how dance music, uh, you and other artists in the space have been leading the way with this, right? So during the pandemic, like you mentioned, the interest in all of this just exploded, which makes sense. We spent more time inside. Uh, we spent more time online. The IMS business report for 2022 just came out uh, in May. It said 64% of all music NFTs came from dance artists. And the top four names on that list were Blau, Steve Aoki, Grimes, and you. Why is it that you think dance music uh, seems to be at the cutting edge of this trend? We, we, are, we are great with computers, you know? <laughs> you know, it's a, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a, I am a nerd, right? This is what I do. I love everything tech. 
uh, we try to dress like rock stars sometimes. You know, we go to the hairdresser and we put on a cool outfit, throw out some electronic music. But at the end of the day, I started out as a kid. Uh, you know, I worked on my Atari that I bought when I was 12 after working three jobs. Then I bought my first sampler, then my first mixer, then I bought a reverb station, different synthesizers. And I managed to have them all talk together through a MIDI signal, uh, reading all these manuals. And so I think there was, you know, there's, it is quite a technical profession, right? It's probably more than being a guitarist in a band. So, you know, I think the the whole crypto scene is, is, is kind of, you know, we're both seen as guys who are in the studio a lot producing music. We're behind a computer. Uh, we're doing a lot of IT stuff. At the end of the day, and I think you know now, the crypto and NFT stars are the new rock stars, right? So, and I think the same was for electronic music. But I saw this documentary once where they said music made with computers is not going to stay. It's the same as as crypto. It's music. It's music made by it's it's money made by computers, right? Essentially, that's you know they're mined by computers. So, I think that that we have that sort of same rebellious kind of outlook on life where dance music is was music that wasn't there to stay it was it kind of went went against the grain uh, it was something new something different and people didn't understand it and the same time when i grew up people didn't understand electronic music it was just it, it felt like people now saying like crypto money is monopoly money right they don't because you don't understand it <laughs> you know there's no there's no logic to it for them so and i get that you know like there's a lot of stuff there i mean I, that doesn't make sense to me and, and again even in this space i I have many questions, you know, like I'm not, the, I don't, I'm not the definitive Bible on NFTs or crypto at all. Like, and I ask very dumb questions every now and then, but this is the thing. There are a lot of things you can wonder about and there are a lot of questions and you just have to ask them because, you know, otherwise you will never learn. And if, I think that's where it gets tricky. I think everybody believes that everybody who's in the game knows everything, but, you know, we, nobody really knows anything and, and you just have to ask the questions even, you know, how dumb they, if you don't know what minting an NFT means or what is what is the blockchain? All of these things are very logical questions. If you don't ask them, it will always stay a jungle for you. Yeah, that's very, very well said. And now's the time. And, and you've been in the space for 10 years. You know, I've been following it, but it's constantly evolving. So the answer to a question six months ago may be different today. And we've seen that with NFTs. And I'm so excited to talk a little bit about the NFTs that you've done because, you know, a lot of people see an NFT drop. And like you said, they think a monkey on a screen or they just think a JPEG maybe with some sound behind it. And maybe it's not as exciting. Now, the stuff that you're doing is so different. And you said this earlier in the show, you said an NFT can be anything. And you are definite living proof of that, right? So you did your first NFT drop uh, beginning of last year. Uh, you netted, I think, six figures with this one. It was called Genesis. A little bit after that, you did another one that was called Destination Hexagonia. And this was in partnership, I believe, with Sotheby's. So this was the first ever NFT of a full-length concert. And it took four minutes to sell. I mean, somebody bought this for $1.2 just like, you know, snap of a finger. Please tell us a little bit more about this, because it's not just a DJ set NFT. It's very hard to define what what is art, right? Or is is art something that's exclusively for one person, or is it is it the whole story around the art piece? Is that also considered to be part of the arts? And so, what does that mean um, for me? Especially now, everything is for free, right? Like music, you get it for free on Spotify. Uh, films you watch on whatever streaming platform. Anything entertainment, it becomes less and less of value, right? So. The same goes for live streams. You do a concert, it's very normal. Okay, hey, 
uh, we booked someone. We're also going to put this on the live stream, throw it in there for free. Let's go. For me, it's like, hey, no, well, that's a different story. You know, I'm going to do something exclusive for the people that are in front of me. But when I'm doing something that people are at home are going to watch, I want to make it extra special. This was a great example of showing like if I would do a concert by myself, it would actually be it would look like this. Right. So I would be in a spaceship and certain things would happen. It would be a story almost like a movie or actually a movie. <laughs> to me, it also kind of it speaks on the idea of like, hey, um, when you create something, it's never going to be good enough. Like people are there's so much out there they're done with it within the first five minutes. They'll maybe look at it or listen to it a few more times and then they'll move on with their lives, right? Something you spent two years of your life on, maybe 10 years, right? Even on social media, you post about something that you really care about that's really important. It's super hype. It's super big. It's creative. It's everything that you believe in. It doesn't do as well that picture of you on the beach, right? So uh, <laughs> this is kind of what life has become, right? So me, it was like, hey, let me sell this concert to one person and the rest of the world, they can dream about it, right? There's little snippets of it. And that is, that's the actual art, the, the art of thinking about something you've never seen before. So it actually tingles your own imagination and you can actually be a part of the art piece. And that's kind of what that idea was about. So first of all, I wanted to make really big pieces, kind of, you know, they felt like they were really disrupting the space. As you said, people were like, they had the idea of like, hey, you can create a JPEG, or a little video file, add some sound to it. You had all, you know, you had a lot of electronic music producers that were like, hey, we have my VJ has some loops. I can just do some stuff on my computer and kind of loop some stuff, smack it out there, try to ask some money for it. I, I have hundreds of loops. I, I could have literally made millions on it, but it didn't feel like uh, the right thing to do for me personally. I can totally imagine someone else doing it. But for me personally, I always want to, I need a challenge and I want to, I want to take up a unique space in the, in the scene, in this case, I felt like, hey, everybody's going to do that. Let me build a giant construction where you can go. Because one of the things was like, hey, it's something you watch. Uh, there's a, it's a picture of something you watch in a wallet uh, on your phone. And well, I can screenshot it and send it to someone else. Well, this this leads into, I think, the next part of what we're talking about. Your, your other, the third NFT drop, which was an actual structure, which you built out, which, had, again, never been done before with an NFT. This was Hexhibition 3. And, and this was exciting because this was the first NFT, I believe, that was sort of a combination of the digital and physical worlds. And this thing ended up uh, on display, actually, at a museum. So yeah, please tell us more about this one. This was end of last year, I believe. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I think there the idea was like almost like it was, it, again, the story, it's, it's a story. It's like, hey, people started asking me the same questions like, hey, an NFT, it's going to go away. It doesn't matter. Like it's something everybody can take a screenshot of the NFT. So I was thinking, hey, what about I was making a, a, a video of this. I was designing buildings and designing uh, clothing, but also structures, uh, concepts. And I was like, what if I put one of these these uh, structures, um, you know, I make a video of it. And actually, when somebody buys the video, they get the actual, uh, uh, you know, the actual piece as a added bonus, uh, <laughs> which obviously is a little crazy. Because uh, that you know, took around ten months to build in the end, with like uh, I think maybe twenty eight people involved, uh, seven eight different companies, and a lot of uh, going back and forth. Unbelievable! <laughs> um, but the idea is like you can actually feel and experience the NFT. You go inside of it rather than see, watching it on your phone. You go inside of this structure, and that you feel your the ground is shaking. There's lights all around you. There's a visual in front of you. 
and it shows you a vision of the first footage of a metaverse that I built a couple of years ago, which I haven't showed yet to anyone yet. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's, that's, that was the biggest thing I could, I could think of at that point in time. And I was like, where the hell do I go from there? But yeah, but it's incredible. It's like, we talked about at the very beginning about the stuff you're doing is literally pushing us towards the future. I mean, I'm sure people are listening to what you're describing right now. And it's, it's like radio, the limitations of it are, are you know, <laughs> it's a little disappointing because you want to take somebody inside and show it, but you're doing a great job of painting the picture of what this actually is. One other thing that you, uh, you also just did, which uh, you know, has never been done before, uh, just stepping away from the, the NFTs for a second, you just created a, a new record label, which is, I guess, going to be a sub-label underneath Hexagon. Um, but this uh, is going to combine essentially music and the digital art, and you want to kind of, you know, bridge the, the, the gap, I guess, if you will, between the two and uh, introduce uh, maybe the digital art to, to more people. Tell us more about the new label that you just uh, created. I think it's more of a widespread feeling, like the whole Hexagon platform, if you go to the Instagram of Hexagon, it's, it's kind of flipped over to a combination of promoting both music as well as super dope uh, digital art. So it's it's kind of a, it's a complete, uh, structural change within the whole label. And I think, you know, that's, it, it combines two of my favorite things, right? So I don't think people really want to see a moving artwork or, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know, whatever it is that we, that we've seen so far record labels promoting things to me, we have a, a good amount of followers. So I'd rather use it to a, uh, promote really dope art that I believe in. So it's a curated art platform and B at the same time, um, uh, give new artists uh, a platform that I think, you know, there always there's a sense of gratitude on both sides. It's better content uh, and there's promotion for uh, for really dope digital artists that I think, you know, deserve to be seen. So I think as well now, for me personally, I love going through the Hexagon feed on Instagram and just, you know, I think in five, six years from now, it'll be an amazing platform in the end. Well, it, it will not just be music. Uh, we'll merge the fashion part, uh, we're merging the Web3 part, which we're building at the moment, um, as well as uh, as the art part. I think there, to, for me, there is the, the future because, you know, at the end of the day, music labels are cool, uh, but and fans are fans. But at, at the end of the day as well, it's um, it's a doggy dog world out there. Right. So um, I think if you're not uh, there's there's so much being released, it's getting harder and harder to make to, to kind of just, um, you know, make things work financially as a label. There's, you know, everybody's getting everything for free. <laughs> so sometimes they have all of these demands, like, why not this? Why not that? I'm like, well, because you weren't necessarily really looking at, you know, at the picture of two guys from uh, country X, Y, and Z in a black t-shirt standing in front of a wall. Uh, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't work. It had no reach. You know, you didn't, there was no, there were no reactions. And, you know, our, our, you know, our engagements have, have, have have quadrupled um and you know it, it it's 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 more interesting it's 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 art it's i love it uh so for me it makes total sense but obviously sometimes you have to bite through the you know it's 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 a little tough you know for some people to kind of adjust to the whole thing the whole vibe but we're moving into a new era and we can't be left behind and same goes for the new label if we're going back to underground house music we're going back to the music that I used to make as a kid where it's not about sort of all of the big impacts. It's really about, it's about dancing. It's about taking it back to the underground clubs. And it all really comes in, it all kind of just 
really goes full circle for me personally at the moment. Don Diablo, great conversation. Thank you so much for joining Crypto on the Beat. Appreciate it. That was my conversation with superstar DJ Don Diablo, one of the most interesting people in crypto and one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Uh, Legend has it, the man only gets a few hours of sleep every night. Now, some fascinating takeaways for me from this conversation where he called crypto and NFT stars the new rock stars. Also love the real talk where he explains there's no get rich quick here with NFTs. There's no life hack. It's all blood, sweat, tears, and years of hard work. And that's just the beginning. And uh, also absolutely loved his reasoning for getting involved with the space, saying NFTs finally gave him the chance to give his fans the full story of himself rather than just standing on a stage and playing music. There's no doubt this new technology is revolutionary, and for many, it is changing everything. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypto on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Darty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts.